At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to Infertility and Me podcast, a show that amplifies diverse stories about the struggles of infertility and fertility in a safe space. Our goal is to normalize fertility stories that validate, give hope, and create a community where no one is left silently suffering. Welcome, 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 friends, to another Infertility and Me podcast episode. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for letting me be a part of your day, evening, night, morning, whenever you're listening. I am your host, Monique Farouk, your infertility bestie and advocate. Thank you guys for being here and welcome if this is your first time. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And make sure you're following on Instagram at Infertility and Me Podcast for fertility related content. Today, our guest is Mallory McGarry. And in this episode, we ask the question Can we truly be happy during infertility? Can we find moments of happiness and joy? And so today in this episode, Mallory and I talk a lot about feelings of failure as well as trying to find moments of peace, joy during the midst of all this chaos of infertility. So Mallory shares with us her unexplained infertility diagnosis and as well as her loss miscarriage within the first trimester at 12 weeks. Mallory and her husband went through eight unsuccessful IUIs as well as three rounds of IBF. And Mallory describes herself as an optimist and she says that that's what helped her get through all of this craziness. She also shares with us a light bulb moment in conversation that she had with her pastor and or religious leader. We want to remind you today, friends, that you are not to blame. You are not at fault. You are not a failure. You can connect with Mallory at beautifullyblooming.com as well as on Instagram at Mallory McGarry. And we'll be back in just a second, you guys, with our friend Mallory. Thank you guys so much. Welcome back. We are with our girl, Mallory McGarry. Thank you, Mallory girl, for getting up so early. Your time, mountain time, <laughs> to be no on the problem. show. <laughs> No problem. I'm honored to be here. Oh, thank you so much. So we're going to start at the beginning, girl. How did you meet hubby? When did, how did that all go down? I met hubby at church, actually. When I saw him, I like I knew he was it, and he did everything he could to not be a part of my world for about two and a half years. <laughs> and then one day it just like clicked, but and it was at the time when I was like, okay, I'm done trying. I'm I, It's over. And then he was like, oh yeah, I want to be with you and all the things. And so that's how our love story began. We just kind of started from there. And then our love story is kind of a twisted love story a little bit. We broke off our engagement. And then we got reengaged later, a little bit later. So it's kind of serendipitous a little bit. And then 
we got married and here we are seven years later. <laughs> yes. I'm so glad everything worked out. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you got to go through those things. So, you know, if you could deal with this kind of a thing for the rest of your life, for sure, with, uh, your spouse and all their bad attitudes and <laughs> some of our own too, you know, Defin- <laughs> it's definitely. a fair trade off. <laughs> it is a fair trade off. And it's, it was good in the fact of like, okay, this is where we can't, what we can handle. This is how we're going to handle each other in mm-hmm. different situations. So it was really good that way to see, okay, being apart, it doesn't work, but how we communicated and came together, it ended up making us stronger in the end. Wonderful. I yeah. love it. I love it. So how long after you guys got married, did you start t- trying to conceive? Did you wait? Did you guys wait a little bit or? It was, I want to say like a year and a half. Before we started trying to have kids, and let's be real, everybody likes the practice part. (laughs) So the practice was there, but when we started trying and then it was, you know, negative pregnancy test after negative pregnancy test, I mean, I gave myself a little bit of grace when I started in thinking, okay, it's going to be, got to get birth control out of your system, so it's probably going to be like a couple of months, so like month one, two, and three kind of was like, okay, that's kind of a wash. After that, it just kind of started go like more and more and more negative. And it was so heartbreaking. And there's only so much you could do. So it was ovulation tests and all of the constant feeling like tracking and doing everything that you can find on the, on the interwebs of putting your legs up or <laughs> mm-hmm. the good old stuff, all yes. the, all the good old tries <laughs> or try every other day. And then no, try like four days in a row and doing everything to that point, almost to the point of burnout where it's where you kind of look at each other and you're like, we're tired, but we have to not because we right. want to. And yeah. finally, I want to say after a year of that, it was like, okay, we let's figure out where we're at. So then going to the fertility center and all of the tests that you've got, you've got your dye test, you've got your ultra, like your sonic, your ultrasound water test to make sure everything works out. And then you've got all of the, everything, not only for the woman, but for, for him as well, you've got to do all the sperm testing and having all of that kind come back normal I guess in their normal terms, right? Having that, and then the next step was, okay, we're going to try, we're going to kind of bypass everything naturally. What I call the fast pass, like the Disney fast pass to the ride of getting straight in there and making the connection. And so it was, okay, this is, we're going for it. We're making it, we'll do it. And IUIs was the plan. So went through eight failed ones, really heartbreaking. After eight failed of those, I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't do this anymore. There's got to be another way. Like it's time to start IVF. I know that. And that's a whole nother mindset shift in, in the first place as well. And I had kind of wrapped my brain around that. And so starting the IVF process was okay, like, here, here, you're, here you go. Knowing, I knew what it sort of entailed, I think, a little bit in the fact that it was, you're going to have to take shots, you're going to have to do um, some, some different type of medication things. 
I was not, my doctor was awesome in helping guide me through it, but mentally stepping into it, I was not prepared for everything that it entailed, how scheduled everything, everything had to be done within a certain window. Your shots have to be done within the same time frame every day, whether it's morning, afternoon, night. I was carrying like a little lunchbox, I guess you could say, with an ice pack in it to different places I was going because like I'm going to dinner with my friends and being like, hold on five minutes, gotta hurry and put these in my body and then we can continue on doing our activity or whatnot. So probably for friends of mine, it was what like, this is, yes, <laughs> like, I don't know if I should look away or if like, we're okay to continue having this conversation as you're doing this. It, I didn't, mm -hmm. I would say I wasn't ashamed of it. Like I had gotten so used to it because it was like my everyday life. So to them, it was kind of like, mm, I'm witnessing something that I don't know <laughs> how to really handle it. That's right. that's a good point though. How that's a very good point. That. Yeah, that's a very good point. Their loved ones don't really know how to react. And I think even like our spouses sometimes they watch us do stuff like that for the shots and all. And even they don't even know what mm -mm. to flip to do. Because it's almost like watching someone who has suffered a great, great loss and you don't have the words you feel like. You always say, Wow, I wish I had the words saying a quote something pivotal that's going to blow yeah. your mind and make all of this better for you. And then with your friends watching, they don't know whether to like be like, girl, what are you doing? Or are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> Do you need a little help? Like they don't know whether to be lighthearted with it or concerned. So I, I, that's a great point you bring up. Great point. I know that my journey is similar to a lot of people in the way of IVF and infertility in general is not for the faint of heart. It is a very real experience. It is very much a mindset game that you're playing with each other with yourself it is for each person has a different experience I had a different experience completely different than my husband's and in some way you're together but it's very lonely yep. and it doesn't matter how many people are going through it right we could be going through it at the same time you and I we're having completely different experiences some people don't want to talk about it because they're ashamed of it. Some people, myself included, are very open about it. From first round of shots and everything that it included and my egg retrieval, I looked at it with such a different mindset in looking at it. So with my, with my son, I had my first egg retrieval. I went in and they called me and they're like, They've got, tw you've got 24 eggs. They're doing so great. And then a couple days later, they called me back and they're like, you have 17. I'm like, yes, this is like, I have achieved mm -hmm. greatness here. Mm -hmm. yes. And then they called me again and they're like, okay, you have nine and you're going to come in and we're going to get implanted in two days. And then by the time I went in to get implanted, I'm like, I went in fully with the mindset of like, I've got nine eggs. This is great. I'm solid. And I went in there and they're like, you have three. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, my heart kind of broke. But when I walked out of the office that day, and I will vividly remember this, I walked out and I said, started with 24 and I ended with three. So in that there's 21 times of trying that's two years worth of trying that probably wouldn't work out for me. Mm, 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 mm. And 
it flipped my mindset and saying, I'm not, I'm not losing time now because that could have been 24, four times that I would have been more disappointed. That's two, two years of time that my heart would have broke more because I wasn't there. So I looked at it more of like, I'm, I'm kind of gaining a fast pass in my emotional state and saying, I'm not feeling these crappy feelings for, I'm not extending those crappy feelings for it for that long. I did miscarry my first one and it was heartbreaking. It is not something that I would wish on anybody. And my other transfer for my son, when I had two eggs left, one survived the thaw and the other one didn't. He's the one that survived. So it was a whole new experience. And then COVID happens, went through the whole IVF process again during COVID. I now have a beautiful nine-month-old baby girl, but I started all over again, knowing what I had, but a completely different mindset. And I remember too, the nurses asking me like, why are you so positive about this? Like we see so many people all the time. Why are you different? I kept telling them, I can have a kid. It's not that I can't. And that this experience is bad. It's giving me a way to reach a lot of people. And if I look at it negatively, then what's it going to do to my body inherently? Like those negative thoughts, what's it going to do? Is it going to stop it from happening? I don't want to breed any of that into what I'm wanting to bring into the world. So I'm going to look at it as positively as possible in the fact that I'm grateful this miracle can happen. That there is this possibility that I don't have to go through life going, I don't know how I could make it happen. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. I share my journey a lot. It is part of my business. It's what stemmed part of my business in creating a mindset. The hardest part to accept was my doctor saying, everything looks is normal for you and everything is normal for your husband. Why you can't get pregnant naturally is we don't know. Some people that I've heard from, you know, like I have PCOS, I have endometriosis, my husband's sperm has all of these, these types of issues, or it's a combination of both or anything like that, that it's kind of easier to accept in saying, this is why, and I can wrap my brain around this part because there's a why and a reason. There's not, I don't know, there's no question mark hanging above that saying, I don't understand. That was the hardest part to accept in hearing, we don't know. Like there's no reason you shouldn't be getting pregnant naturally. And I've looked at it that by the grace of the good Lord above that this experience is when he granted me to be able to help other women on this journey who may have a harder time being in this space who may feel like their body is failing them or that 
they're not doing something right that it's hard to accept and be a part of. Mm-hmm. And as I've gone through my journey, friends of mine right now are trying to get pregnant with an additional child of their own. And they're running into this issue of saying, I got pregnant just fine for however many kids prior. And now I have to do this journey, whether it is an IUI, whether it is IVF, whether it is in some form of assistance Mm -hmm. and they don't know what to do. It's kind of, they're, they're stuck a little bit. And so I'm grateful in saying, I can help you hear a little bit more in showing you that it's not bad, that it's not a terrible thing. And it's more common than probably a lot of us realize. Through my story and my journey, because I'm a person that needs to talk it out anyway, I was very open in saying, please don't be afraid to ask. If you're curious, ask. I will explain it to you the best way that I can. Because that's how I feel like I'm a little bit more supported is having people want to be interested in this experience. It makes me feel a little less lonely, a little bit more like feel my validation, feel that I'm not, I'm not on this journey alone because I do know people that have also gone through it that don't like to talk about it, that don't tell anybody that they're even going through it. So if something happens, fail, like it didn't attach or came back negative or it ended up not working out in the long run, they're also feeling the sadness of that on their own because nobody knows. Nobody knows how to support them. And I didn't want that for myself. Lonely enough, even with the support, the support system that having just people want to be a part of it in any way that they could was what made it feel like it wasn't as lonely. And I think that sometimes when you go through IVF where everything is like to the minute scheduled, it feels like like that everybody knows your calendar. There's no surprise, really. I feel that there's really no surprise. IVF, IUIs, any form of infertility or fertility struggles and losses is just like this in your face this ish can go away at any moment. Okay. This is a very delicate thing we're dealing with. Did you ever have feelings like that, especially after your loss? You're right in saying it's fragile. My emotional state, I think is normally really strong. I have kind of built that up over time. Mm-hmm. I think when you are trying to enter the world of, of, of parenthood and motherhood, very fine line that you're walking between happiness and finding those silver linings and that joy versus having an everything can change in such an instant that you're always teetering on that edge of happy versus sad. And it's, it's a very fine line. It's very, very delicate and entering into both of those sides is, is really hard. And sometimes they don't mesh well. Going through my loss, especially, I, I vividly remember sitting in the emergency room, holding on to my husband's hand, who knows he wants to be the one that can fix it. And he can't do anything. The only thing he can do is hold my hand. He's watching me sitting, you know, on this bed in 
a state he's never seen me in before of, I cannot do anything for you. And I, I was holding his hand and that emotional, that emotion line just kind of tore of, I am feeling so sad. I have worked so hard for, for everything that is in my body. And, and now it's, it's body is, is rejecting this thing that I've worked so hard for. And I went through every single thing that I had done. I lost my baby at when I miscarried full fully, it was 12 weeks, but the baby had stopped growing at 10. And so I had had like two weeks of nothing happening. So I kind of went through like, what had I been doing? What have I been eating? What did I put a lot of strain on my body? Like went through all of these emotions of where did I fail as a a mom, as a, as a incubator, as a nutritionist, as all of these things, like, where did I go wrong? I fully believe that the OB that was on call that night was definitely divine timed as well. And the person that needed to be on my, at my bedside that night. And he walked in and he, he told me, he said, Mallory, this is not on you. This has nothing to do with you as a person. Do not go through the checklist of what you did wrong because it's not on you. And I think in that moment, him telling me my emotional state was still, I mean, I'm still sad. I still felt the loss, but I felt more hopeful on the other side of saying, I didn't fail. I'm not failing and it's okay. I now, I now consider I have an angel baby that watches over me. I'm, and protects me in having that, that knowing, okay, I did not fail. I just now have a new cheerleader and a guardian angel is the way that I I've looked at it. And I've, I've accepted the loss. I didn't fail and we can move on the rest of my life, whatever that looks like. And so I think that's kind of that fragile line is so fragile and in that emotional state is, is very fragile. That fine line of happy and joy, because anything can change in an instant. And we all know that, but I think at different parts with different relationships or different things, it's a little bit easier. That line is not quite as thin as it is entering into this journey of motherhood and being on this journey of motherhood is that your emotional state is a little bit thinner in when it comes to your, to your kids, to your family, that the joy and the sadness kind of sometimes overlap a little bit. You're, you're finding the happy in the sad, you, you can feel sad and you feel that emotion and you sit in it, but you're also feeling the joy of what can come next and that hope of everything that's coming. Yes, yes. So tell us a little bit about your coaching and and expertise and how you got into it and then where we can find you online to connect with you further. Cool. Um, My business is called Beautifully Blooming. I believe that all of us are in a, a different flower in a garden and we all are blooming at different spaces. So allow yourself to be to be bold, to be beautiful and just to be you. And my coaching is helping women and moms of any sort, moms to be, stay-at-home moms, working moms, to find that 
they can be mom and a woman at the same time. They can still be their own individual human. So I empower moms and all women to step into that leading lady role of their life rather than being the supporting actress in all the roles that they play. And you can find me at beautifullyblooming.com is my website. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Everything is all under my name, Mallory McGarry. Jump in, say hi. Let me know you're here. If you have questions, send them over. I'd love to chat about it. You can also find me on a bi-weekly radio show called the Mindset Bloomcast with Mallory. Wonderful. And I have all of that in the show details for you guys to tap and go. Go right to Mallory's website and connect with her. And also whatever social media handles you can find on her website, you can connect with her on that as well. And this has been a this has been fantastic, Mallory. I, I definitely, definitely appreciate you for coming on and speaking to us during this this crazy times of infertility, <laughs> infertility struggles and loss. Thank and, you so yeah. much for having me. And I am so honored to be here. So thank you for letting me share my story. Absolutely. You made it easy, girl, because you're such an open book. So you made it easy today and given us all these gems to think about and to move forward with in the coming months. And, you know, a lot of times by the time this episode come out, we'll be coming into fall almost. And so a lot of people struggle in the wintertime. There's a lot of holidays coming up, too. So we're going to need all the help we can freaking get out here. (laughs) <laughs> to survive yeah, reach out for any help i'm happy with any tips so you guys know where to find me on instagram at infertility and me podcast you can email me at info at moniquefarouk.com and yes thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of infertility and me podcast peace and blessings Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.